Hello and welcome to Mirror Talk. We have moments where we just have to pause. Just pause and take a break and reflect on life. Remember, you are strong, you are enough, you are capable, you are blessed and you are loved. Your moment of greatness starts now. Today, I am delighted to have a friend who is going to talk about finance and investments. Due to her thirst for international exposure, deep business knowledge, network and career development, she successfully attained an MBA from Carnet School of Management, Purdue University, and Gisma Business School. How are you doing, Rebecca? Thank you, Toby. I'm happy to be here today. Thanks a lot for inviting me and it's a honor to... Um do this episode with you and share my knowledge with your followers and listeners. Um, you know, you have this amazing YouTube channel where you enlightening us about finance. Um, can you tell us about, you know, your work and the inspiration behind this um, channel? Um, so my YouTube channel, it's, I, it was born out of a, a deep desire to, to actually enlighten people about personal finance. Because in my literal journey in life, I've come across so many cases whereby people, people don't have the knowledge of how to manage money. Fine, they go to school, they get a first degree, second degree, or even a, a doctorate degree, right? They can even be like in the field of finance itself, or they can be senior people in corporate or doing well in their businesses, but they topic of personal finance is not something they really have a hang on so that's one of the one of the one of the reasons why i decided okay you know this is something that we need to talk about this is something that needs to be out there there is not enough um there's not enough reasons why we should not talk about it and because talking about money is it's kind of in this in the in the in the actual world it's still a little bit absurd like people are shy to talk about their the state of their money, the state of their of their finances, because they might think somebody would jeer at, at them or you know say oh you know looking down at them or something like this. So I think it's 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 actually a difficult topic, and I just believe that someone needs to take the bull by the horn and talk about it, because it is when you talk about it that you can educate people, and when you educate people, you are able to help them achieve what they want to achieve. And there is a saying that also says that when you educate a, a woman, you educate a nation. And that's why um, I also believe that, especially for women, it's really important to talk about personal finance and see how they can manage their money and fare better. That's exactly um, why I'm happy that you're here today. Because, you know, um, in the journey of self-improvement, everyone craves to, or everyone wishes to, you know, have this financial stability. And um, my next question is going to be like, um, how can I draw an effective and, you know, and efficient personal financial roadmap? How can I, you know, ensure that I have this financial stability and have a roadmap that leads towards it? Good question, Toby. Um, so one of the things I would say is that there's no perfect financial roadmap. However, you can draw up something that works for you and is efficient, like you said, and effective 
it meets your needs, right? So that's what that I just need to put yes. that out there. That's really important. The second thing is is that first I would like to break it down in a very basic way for anyone to really understand. Because by the time you use the word roadmap, people will think, oh, the MBAs are here again, the strategists are here again, and then they go hulu hulu and you know it scares people away because it's like yeah. a big big grammar i would permit me to use that word but anyway a roadmap is something it's just a i would say a kind of thoughts a kind of sheet of paper where you have ideas of how you want to achieve a particular goal you know so i would call that a roadmap for me for for the lay people therefore um a financial roadmap is something that before you can even say you want to sit down and create a roadmap you need to first have a goal you need to have a goal because then when you have a goal, the roadmap will be a kind of um, a kind of system, a template for a system that would help you to achieve that goal. That's also important. Yes. So how can you, the question was, how can you create an efficient roadmap? Yes. Yes. So, yes. so the first thing you will need to do is first identify what is your goal. Why would you need a financial roadmap? Or what, for what purpose? What is the purpose of a thing? Because if you don't know the purpose of it, there there's a tendency that you abuse it or you don't you come up with nothing at the end of the day. So you need to first identify your goal of drawing a roadmap. That's the second thing, and then the, uh, that's the first thing. Then the second thing would be what are the things that 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 needs to be part of the roadmap, right? So. Um, and then before maybe before you even go to the what are the things that need to be part of the roadmap, you need to actually make a self-assessment of where you are right now. So in terms of your finances, where exactly are you? How much debt are you in? What's your investment status? How much savings do you have? What and where have you invested in? In what areas or what's your investment portfolio is like? Um... So you need to like look at that. So that's actually the second thing. You need to access or sorry, you need to assess where you are today. Now, the roadmap is now between the journey between where you are now and where you what you want to achieve in terms of goal. All right. So a financial roadmap would now also be maybe something that's long term. Right. And then um, of, but of course, you can do a short term roadmap. But I would suggest that it's a long term. Now, inside that roadmap, you would want to look at some very key financial pillars, right? Um, so you've accessed where you are right now. Then you begin to think about, to achieve that goal, how can you get there? So then you start thinking about what's, uh, what's your income status? What, how much are you earning? Is there other ways you can earn more money? What's, what's your budget like? Do you have a budget? If you don't have, then you need to include that. That has to be, you need to drop something, you know, to serve as a kind of cushion or to kind, a, a kind of guide to how you spend your income. Then you need to, as part of your roadmap, you need to look at savings. How much money can I save, right? Where do I need to save? How do I need to save? Do I want to save in fixed term um, um, products or do I want to just have a, a simple savings for some very urgent things, you know, so you have to look at that. And then part of the roadmap would also be like your investment portfolio. You need to create an investment portfolio. You need to look at, okay, um, 
what um, in what market do I want to invest in? Is it fixed income markets in terms of stocks? Do I want to invest in um, rare, rare materials like gold? Do I want to invest in shares and stocks in the capital markets? So you need to look at something like that. You also, as, as part of your financial roadmap, you also need to consider your retirement plan, right? So there, there is a time in your life that you would not be able to work as active as you are now. So maybe as of today, you can go on, I don't know, six hours of sleep or eight hours of sleep. But as you grow older, you would require more sleep. You require more, 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 more rest, which means the number of hours you can be active to work per day reduces as you age. Right, so it's yes. it, it's like it comes yes. to it's like a um, a, nom- a a nominal curve, right? It, it increases yes. to a particular level, and then at some point it starts going down the hill again. So you need to look at that. So and then you plan. When do you want to retire? What needs to be there? How much? How do you want to retire? Do you want to retire living in a small house or being in a nursing home? How much does it cost? Do, will it cost you? You know, to take care of yourself. Then do you want to? You know, you don't want to maybe be a burden to anyone. So you have to look at that, at, at that retirement plan as part of your financial roadmap. And there are so many other things that you can actually include as part as part of your of your roadmap. So, but basically, that's that's the way, or that's what I would say about having a having a financial roadmap. I don't know if roadmap. if yeah. I answer your question, I'm able to answer your question the way you would have won. Yeah. Yes, that, that, was, that was really good. Um, you made mention of, you know, short-term and long-term um, roadmap. Um, can you maybe um, elaborate on that a little bit? Like, um, what are the benefits of having short-term roadmap and why is a long-term roadmap better, as you mentioned? Of? Okay, um, so a short-term a roadmap for a short-term goal would be maybe, so your roadmap, like I said, your roadmap can be a short-term one or long-term one, depending on the goal yes. itself. Do you get? So if it's a long-term... Yes. So what I just described now is a roadmap for a long-term goal because then I already included your um, your insurance. Um, I said, no, I, I included your retirement plan. And sorry. Pension. And yes. of course, insurance needs to be part of that roadmap as well. But then I, I was trying to say that I, I mentioned you including um, retirement as part of that roadmap. And retirement is a long-term thing because you're still young, right? So... Retirement is a, yes. a long-term yes. thing, and that's why I said you would want to include your retirement plan or retirement top topics as part of that roadmap for that long-term goal. Now, for a short-term, if you're looking at a short-term, a short-term roadmap, of course, it will also boil it will boil down to something like a a short-term goal so a short-term goal could be anything right it could be that you want to buy a car you want to you want to pay up a, a, a debt um before in, in in two years time or you want to maybe you think you have some money now and then you know that if you keep up at that particular pace you're already you're able to like buy a house and pay it up within a short time maybe like five years i don't know if you have the money why not you can pay it up you know so you're sitting down to plan how to, what and what, what are the, to plan, uh, to plan the different tools that will be a part of that goal, that will make you realize that goal would be the, the short-term roadmap for that goal. 
Do you understand? So, okay. for example, yeah. like the case of buying a car, a car, and you don't want to buy a car on credit. So you have to create a plan, a kind of roadmap. So, okay, what kind of car do I want to get? How much is it going to cost me? Where is the money going to come from? Right? And mm. looking at yes. you, at, yes. at yourself today, okay, today, do I have a car or not? Okay, I don't have a car. So what are the things I need to do? And then you start to think of, what do I need to do to make sure that that car, in two years, I'm able to afford it without credit? Mm. And then you put out your, your plans. Okay, I need to save this. I need to do this. While I'm doing that, it doesn't matter. I still need to separate money for my retirement, separate money for my investment, separate money for my all of this. Is, right? But then yes. you look yeah. at, okay, how can I work on, on this short-term goal? Then you create a roadmap of how you want to achieve it. You made mention of all of these plans now, and you know, one thing that um, it, one thing that involves, one thing that it includes is you know saving money, saving up that fund, saving up that, you know, your income or part of your income just to um, ensure that your, your roadmap or what you set uh, um, as a goal for yourself is being achieved. So, I, I think I yes, I asked this. I have already asked this question during one of your YouTube live, um, but I would love you to you know enlighten me more on it. Um, can you tell me or advise me on how to draw a line? between being stingy to myself because I'm trying to because I'm trying to you know get get this car in two years time or or get my pension or get my you know my um, pension at the end of the day or and being economical you know uh, yes how can you, how can I draw that fine line between being stingy to myself and being economical okay um I'll, so first I'll say the two words can be very Sometimes you, you, you mix them up. Like, sometimes people mix them up. Okay, stingy, economical, because at times it's difficult to say, okay, at what point do you draw the line between being stingy and being economical? Yes. Mm. However, in the, in, in, depending on the context you are looking at it, I would say in this context that we are talking about it right now, or, or about these two words, these mm. two words, they mean different things, at least for me. They mean different things, and I would like to explain how what they mean for me. Now, yes, so yes. being stingy means that I can afford something, with, and I am reluctant or I'm, I'm unable to do it. I don't want to do it, right? But I can afford it. It won't really hurt me if I do it for myself. It won't. It won't hurt my savings. It won't hurt my investment. It won't hurt the other plans I have. For my money, right? But I just, mm. I'm just reluctant, yes. right? Meanwhile, yes. being yes. economical means that maybe I'm not able to afford the whole packet of things, but I'm working, I'm trying to make sure that the little I can afford or the little I can, yes, I can cough out, I'm able to like cough it out or use it in a very in a very reasonable way that I feel I get value for my money. And then I'm also able to take care of that personal need. So it's not, it's not, from, it's not from a place of, okay, I can afford it and I'm not doing it. Rather, it's a, from a case of, I cannot really afford it, but uh, like I cannot, no, I, can, I cannot afford the big one, but then I can work my way around it in such a way that the little part of it that I can afford, I will do it, and then I will get value yes. from it. You, do you get? Do so, you go? What I'm saying, trying to say. 
So for example, yes, I maybe I, I book for myself every month mm. massage to to go for a massage every month. And then uh, based on my income, I'm like, okay, yeah, I think once a month is fine. And I'm able to, maybe it's just like 1% or 0.5% or even 0.005% of my income. Yeah. Um, it's, I won't die. Like that 30 euros would be like two lunch for me. So it's okay. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and then, but so, so I can budget like 30 euros to say, I want to go for a massage mm. per, once yes. per month. Right. And then yes. when I now, and I can like in my, it, it doesn't really pinch so much of my budget if I do that. But then I'm stingy when I decide to say, okay, yes, this 30 euros, I cannot afford it now. I, I don't want to do it. I, I it's My body, is, it's really taking so much energy to say, I want to go now and do the massage for 30 dollars. Ah, it's too much. Mm. Meanwhile, it's nothing for my income. Yeah. Ah, okay, I understand. Right? Mm. But then yes. economical will be like, I have the option of doing a massage of, Maybe hundred euros, and then I have the uh, go to going to his power of like hundred euros, and then luxury and all of those things. Yeah. And then I have the option of just doing a massage of 30, 30 euros, and but then they would also the main thing I wanted, which is to massage, they are ready yes. or able to do it for me. Mm. So now I cannot afford the spa thing, which is hundred euros, which is fine, but I can afford. The ma- why I'm going to the spa is because I wanted a massage and I can actually go to another place for that massage and then uh, yes. forget let's go to the spa experience right now but then pay for the massage right now so that point is maybe an economical I'm not going for the expensive one I just picked out the most basic most valuable thing for me at that point in time of my life which is the massage and I went for the massage and I paid for it and I got it and that's okay yeah. right but then I'll become stingy when I'm like, oh, no, I cannot even pay for that 30, 30 dollars or 30 euros massage. Yeah, even though you can afford it. Yes, easily. even though, uh, yeah, I can, I can afford it easily and um, it doesn't, and it, I actually also need it because, you know, maybe based on the kind of work I do, I just need that, that extra, extra thing to make me more relaxed, you know, to, to, yeah to make my nerves, my body, my muscles more relaxed. Yes. yes. Well, that's awesome. I mean, thank you so much for this uh, illustration. That's, You're it's, welcome. It makes, me picture, it makes me picture it very well, as in it makes me understand it in a much more um, easier way because, you know, being serious to yourself means you are denying yourself of some things, even though you can easily afford to do it for yourself. Yeah, and it doesn't hurt you. It doesn't actually really hurt your, your, your finances. Finances. If it yeah. hurts, if if it would hurt your finances, then it's a problem. But if it does, if it will not hurt you, like if it doesn't stop your savings, it doesn't hurt your investment and this and that, then why not? Yes. So it's just yeah, it's just the reluctance of wanting to do it, but it doesn't hurt you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. See, picking up from picking up um, from going to this from going to this spa. Mm-hmm. Um. In in a, in a previous episode, a friend of mine. Um was talking about um, impulse buying and, um, and how, how avoiding um, impulse buying could save you a lot of unnecessary debts. Mm-hmm. So um, do you have some tips on avoiding, um, on how, how can I avoid um, being in debt? How can I afford, um, I avoid, avoid being, being in debt? Okay, yes. good question. Thank you. 
Um, yes, your friend is right. Impulse buying is one of the main reasons why people go to debt. Yeah. Especially go, go into debt, especially when they are carrying around their credit card. You're like, oh, I have my credit card here and I just swipe. I just need to swipe. And you keep swiping and swipe or you're like... Mm. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> until the account is empty or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then even the credit limit they have, they, will, they have swiped everything off. So impulse buying yeah. is a major thing that causes um, people to go into debt. So the other things that makes people go into debt is like, um, how, so it, it, like real life things, really important, urgent things that people cannot avoid no things just happen so for example maybe somebody just eat his car or something mm. you know and um and maybe the insurance the person has doesn't really cover is the own damage he, he did just the third party so yes the car has to be repaired and then if he doesn't have money to repair it now but needs to repair it anyway then it could lead into going into debt. So there are genuine, like there are genuine reasons why people go into debt. So that's a, an example of that. Or maybe, for example, we are blessed. We live in Germany where you have like a social kind of healthcare. And once you contribute to the social security system, you have access to at least the basic healthcare. You're taken care of. You yes. can go to your doctor and all of this. But in some other countries, for example, in the U.S., in Nigeria, the, the, the case is not like that. The cost of healthcare in those countries are, are, not, um, are not little. They are high. So, for example, if, if someone falls sick in those countries, you have to, they have to like, cough out the money to, to take care of themselves in places like that. Yes. So and those kind of things, unexpect, unexpected health crisis could cause or could lead people into debt. And when, when someone is sick, you don't even want to think about the money. You don't care. You want to like get the person ill first before you start talking of, okay, so how much money are we now talking about? How much debt are we talking about? That's it. Of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. So that's that. But then there are some other things that, you know, causes people into debt. And maybe those are the things that we can control. For example, the impulse yeah. buying causes people to go into debt. Like, you just, just, okay, I'm going into town. I'm just going to the city, city center, to the downtown. Then you just say, okay, I'm just doing window shopping. Before you know it, you're entering the store. Oh, I like this shoe. Oh, I like this research. And you start buying yeah. and buying. And even the salesperson go, do you want to buy this also? Do you want to buy this also? And this is also nice. And then you keep buying. <laughs> and that's a, yes. a major problem. And then the second, the, these um, other reasons why people go into debt is they also go into debt. Maybe, for example... If there is a fraud, a case of fraud. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's account is wiped off, you know, yeah. and then they don't have money to, to take care of themselves, then they have to like borrow money to keep up their, take, take care of themselves. So that's another, another point uh, why people go into yeah. debt. Another reason why people go into debt is that they, when we are not able to track our spending, like when we are not able to, when we when we don't have a budget, you don't you, you don't have a budget that you're working with. So with a budget, you're able to track what comes in and what goes out. But if you're not tracking what comes in for you, you might be overspending and not even know it that you're overspending. Mm. Yes. 
Yes. So lack of budget also make people over um, going to going to debt or let yes. me say lack of tracking a lack of tracking of finances. When you don't track your finances, then you are more likely to go into yeah. debt. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, this is quite important because I, I wanted to know, I wanted to have like some tips on how to avoid unnecessary debts. Like, but you said it already, like, I wish once, once meant to have like a financial plan and say, okay, um, I'm not going to spend this amount of money or I'm not going to do this or do that because um, I don't get into any unnecessary debts. Maybe, maybe before, before we, before we, I, I need to, yeah, before we go into, uh, maybe I should mention one or two, one or one or two more things, right? Uh, why people go into yes, debt? Okay. It just um, it just occurred to me right now. So another reason why people actually go into debt is because they are trying to to deal with the syndrome of having of social acceptance, for example. So like you are you're trying to impress other people. You understand? And then you overspend. Yes. You overspend your budget or you overspend your income, and then you are into debt. You are trying to mm-hmm. keep up. You are trying to keep up with a life that you cannot afford. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 actually a very big issue, especially for our generation, because we see a lot of things on social media. We see a lot of things um, uh, on the TV, on Instagram, on on TikTok, on Twitter, everywhere, on Facebook, Snapchat, and then you want to have the life of the other person, right? And then you yes. you because of that you. You you make purchases that you don't you don't you don't um you don't necessarily need and that's yes and that is why you you have to avoid impulse buying you have to have a budget because also with a budget you are able to know what what's most important for you what what is your needs and what's your want I made a video on that some time ago like you need to identify yes. what's what's actually most important for you to have and what is the nice to have and if you don't if that thing is not under those two categories then you maybe want to check your decision before you spend that money well knowing this now and having a budget will save me from going to unnecessary debt yes yes having a having a budget is very key it's a very important thing in terms of financial planning and personal finance it's it's just a very basic i i tell people it's like a foundation can you also educate me on emergency funding how can i create and maintain an Emergency funding. What is emergency funding? <laughs> <laughs> I think you had that emergency funding the last time we spoke. The last time on my, I don't know, on my live video, live YouTube. This thing. Yes, well, I still want to learn more from it. Like, more. what is it? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so emergency funding is like a kind of a sum, or, a sum or an amount of money that you set aside to to take care of your emergency needs that you're not prepared for. That it's not part of your... So those needs that arise that are not normally in your monthly budget. But then all of a sudden, you just realize, okay, you have to take care of that need, right? Um, that is what you use your emergency funding for. So for example, um, I mentioned a case of... like when, In the last question I answered about how to avoid... The, what are the causes of debt or why people go into debt? I also mentioned that I've said there are some things that... They happen, you don't even plan for them, but they just, they just happen and they need to be taken care of because, you know, because they are life, they are either basic life things or they are life-threatening things. So I mentioned people falling sick or like having a car accident or something like this. 
So nobody plans to fall sick. Nobody plans to have an accident. But these things happen. And when they happen, you want to be sure you have some kind of money that could take care of them without you using your credit card or without you having to borrow from someone else to take care of them. And that is what an emergency fund funding is for. So now what's an emergency fund? Emergency fund is an amount of money you set aside that you're not touching, you're just leaving it there. You could put it in some kind of liquid investment and then you are able to access this emergency fund when the needs arise. And there are specific needs that you attach to your emergency funds. Like I said, when you have a car breakdown and you needed to take care of it, or when you have a, you have a, um, a when someone's falls sick and then needs to take, be taken care of if there's no insurance, you know, or maybe there's a sudden urgent need that needs to be taken care of and then you just have to t- be taken care of. You cannot wait. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so that's just, that's, those are the kind of things you tie to your emergency funds. Like now, how do you create it? There are two, um, one of my financial mentors, Dave Ramsey, uh, um, uh, in one of his books, said there are two ways you create the small one. So this is how I understand it. You create a small one, right? Um, maybe like a ten, kind of a $1,000 amount first. And then, so anything, any urgent thing that could not wait as a starter, you can use that $1,000 emergency fund to take care of it right mm. but then on a long-term basis you want to look at something more solid so you, you you could be looking at like six months of your six months salary six months of your yeah six six months of your monthly income so for example if you earn like three thousand you're looking at six times three that's eighteen thousand yeah dollars some in a place somewhere that you can reach out to when you need it for those things right mm. So you have that is an emergency fund, and like I said, your emergency fund you don't have to like say okay because it's emergency fund and then you are not gaining any amount on like just not gaining any interest on it. You can put it in a bank account and still get some interest. But the most important thing is that when you need it, you have to be able to easily access it. But then you have to also make sure that it's not easily accessible for the things that you don't need. So for example, now when you have that emergency fund. I wouldn't expect you to, to have a debit card that can easily have access to it, right? However, you can have a card for it, but then you know that it's, it's not somewhere you can easily access. Maybe it's a way you're safe. I know one woman, I heard of a story of one woman who trying to, in the, in the bid of trying to save herself from using credit card. You know, she had collected so many cards, she had used, and she's in so much debt. She was in, she, she was in so much debt that she had to put her credit card in the freezer. <laughs> so, I mean, in the yeah, in the freezer. And then it's all blocked up and all of that. So, if she has to use that credit card, thinking about the stress of the first thing, bringing it out and all of that. Yeah. She would have decided on something else, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Wow. That's, that's a very good trick, actually. <laughs> like, what? Like, oh, wow. what I do, like, um, okay, like, <laughs> <laughs> but then, I mean, it's it's a crude way of going about it, but she had to do what she had to do. Yes. Mm. And I can't, I cannot, I cannot uh, beat her for it, for, for doing that, because she, she, she really needed to get out of debt, and she really needed to, like, cut that habit of just spending on a credit card. The only way that she could go about it was doing that process. 
Okay. So, so, so back. Freezer cards. Yeah. So back, 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 back to the back to the emergency fund thing. So I said that you make sure that you don't have any card, any card that will give you easy access to it. But then you have something that when you need it, you are able to access it. And that's why I said you can look for a a. You can put it in a kind of fund or in a kind of um, savings account where if the need arises, you can actually have access to it. And that's how you create an emergency fund. And the thing, another thing is that so you don't have to like go hungry the whole month while you're trying to save up for your emergency fund. It is you that you know, okay, this is, this is, okay, for, for example, using the example of the person with $3,000 per month as income, right? The person says, okay, I need an emergency fund of $18,000, but I cannot say I would go hungry for the next eight, next six months, right? So the person can decide to, you know, put aside $1,000 per month for the next 18 months until that emergency fund is full. And that doesn't mean that the other things would not be taken care of. Right, so you can already start taking care of part of your investments, part of so maybe after the three thousand dollars um dollars every month, the person still has like I don't know on a monthly basis, maybe like one thousand two left to do whatever he yeah. wants to do. So you can say, Okay, I'll put six hundred dollars into investment, I'll put six hundred dollars towards my emergency fund. And then the moment that's eighteen thousand is complete, all the the remaining one thousand to every month you put it inside some investment or some other thing. After, for example, after saving uh, the six months, six month salary mm-hmm. um, as an as an emergency fund, mm-hmm. um, do I still have to keep on adding to that money, or I will say, okay, that's enough. That's I would say. If you feel that okay, whatever happens, if you if you lose your job within six months, you're able to get under one, and you, and then I would say six months is fine. Yeah. So, like I said, the rule of thumb, there's no law or or anything saying it cannot be less than six months or it cannot be more than six months. Mm. There's no rule of thumb okay. saying that. Yeah. No, yeah. Okay. It's just that based on your own personal um, preferences and personal needs, yeah, you want to make sure that you're doing something that doesn't have to make you feel like you're being stingy to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we're back to that yeah <laughs> yes 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 i understand thank you so much now i'm i'm, I'm a little bit much more enlightened on on emergency funding and um, i'm going to work towards that too <laughs> making investment is quite important for for financial growth but it can be very risky because of um, a lot of fraudulent activities you've made mention of it already mm-hmm. um can you give me like tips on how to make wise and dependable investments the world of investment it's all about risk mm-hmm. There is no, if you see any investment that, that they are telling you, oh, there is no risk. Your money is all safe. Yeah. I'm telling you that you should run for that investment because there is 100% risk that you're going to lose that money. Mm. So, and that's, that's really basic. For every investment, there is a risk. The only thing you can do is to, meet, to, see, to make sure that you reduce your risk in your investment by first Making your research, research is very key. Knowing what, before you do any form of investment, you have to make your research in terms of knowing what you're investing into. 
if you do not understand that product, if you do not understand what it is about, don't do it. Don't do it. What I'm referring to say, if a sector that it doesn't understand, or a product that it doesn't understand, yeah. it doesn't invest in it. So that t- stories that touches the heart will not come up. And then nobody's, <laughs> nobody's, yeah. just tell you that, ah, dude, didn't you know? You, you get what I'm saying? So you have to, yes. and that's, that is the first thing. You have to be able to understand the product or the sector you're dealing with. And that also helps you in terms of fraudulent activities, right? Because most fraudulent activities, by the time you, if you, if you actually take, take your time to actually research and understand the thing, you would see red flags. But because most times we, we make investment decisions, sometimes we make investment decisions on, on not having a deep understanding of what you are doing. And sometimes we make the decisions in a haste right because we make it in a haste you're not able to see the red flags they are they will be there they will be staring at us in the face but then because of that urgency of okay i just want to invest this money now because i heard that it's going to give me 100 percent in the next 30 days and i'll be rich and then i'll turn it over again and i'll be rich again mm. you understand what i'm saying so i understand yeah. yeah so you have to research understand what you're doing and don't make investments on impulse yeah for example also in if you're if you're into investing in the stock market and you see a particular stock going up like the price is going up everybody's running into it running running into it someone said before you make any join them before you join them before you make a bet on that investment stop get a paper and a pen Write your thoughts down on that investment. Close it. Yeah. Close the paper and the pen. When you get home, yes. or the following morning, open it. If you still have the same hodge, like you did yesterday, so much yes. high hodge like you did yesterday about the, about the investment, then maybe, you know, but then, after, by, but by the time you close that book, it's not that you will not think again about the investment. Of course, you think about it. You read up about it. You look at people behind it. You... See the kind of market it. You try to understand it. So that time of you closing that platform that you're normally used to like invest, close it, forget it, mm-hmm. don't touch it. Think about that investment. Look at the people behind it. Who are the drivers? Are they known people? Even if they are not known people, do they come as credibility? The internet today, on the internet, you can find millions of billions, zillions of information. Right. So for me, before I buy these days, before I buy any product that I want to use, maybe a digital product, I'm always checking people's review. I always check reviews. It's important because I believe that for someone to write down a review, maybe not one person, two, three, four, five persons. So I've written down a review. If the person thing is good or bad, then it means that there has to be something. It's like it's like it's good or bad. I mean, you cannot all be having bad bad reviews for a product, and you can you come and tell me the product is good. It's not possible. No, so, the same way you too, you have to do your own personal review of that product. Like, go check check who are the people, what is it, 
what is the fact, uh, sector, what is, also try to check what is driving this craze, you know, what is driving it, will it come down, will the price come down after this euphoria has gone, you know, those are, those are the kind of things you look at, the following day you open the book again and see if you're still interested in, in putting your money into that thing, if you still have the urge to like put your money into it, then it's okay, at least you've ruminated about it, You've thought about it, you've tried to convince yourself. And if you're able to convince yourself in a very calm situation that, okay, I'll go for it, then you should go for it. But if your your mind is struggling with that investment, with that product, then maybe you don't want to go into it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So it's really important that you 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 check things up. And that's why, for example, in the MMM case of that happened in Nigeria and people so a lot of people actually made money out of it yeah right um but then a whole lot more people lost money and maybe that's that, that the other thing I should mention which I think is really important is that in investing don't invest just on emotions don't invest based on emotions don't invest based on social social acceptance. My friend is doing it. I'm also doing it. Don't do it. Do not do it. Don't, don't invest because you're trying to save your face. If you don't have the money for the investment, you don't have it. It's as simple as that. Nobody is going to dip their hands into your pocket and bring down that money to, to the investment. <laughs> exactly. Don't let anyone black do a kind of emotional blackmail, black, emotionally blackmail you into investing. You know, for example, you say, ah, um, there's this product I'm investing into, or there's this thing that I'm investing into. You know, um, if you have uh, invested into it, if, if you also invest in it, then I'm a level higher, and then you will be, and that's the, that's a little bit of a, a kind of multi-level kind of marketing, but they will tell you it's an investment. Yeah. Yeah, and then of course, and maybe the person is now maybe your friend or your family, and because you are trying to feel mushy mushy, it's my family, it's my friend. I don't want to hurt the person. I want to support the person. Yeah. <laughs> look at go and look on that way to support the person. Don't 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 support the person by <laughs> by throwing money away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, yeah. no, don't do that. Don't. Yeah. Don't invest based on emotions. Invest, so I'm not saying that you should not look at your intuition, your gut feelings, your if you're Christian, your the, the when the spirit tells you things, right? I'm not saying you should not do that, but also look at the the figures, look at the logic behind it. Yeah. yeah. Another thing is about um, about investment is that. And that way you want to be able you want to make sure that you're making wise and dependable investment is that don't invest in something that doesn't have a that does not have a a an asset behind it or a product behind it. Mm. What does that mean? Like what, what product? Um so for example, okay, for let I'll go back to the MLM thing. Yeah. Is it MLM or MMM? I don't know. An MMM. A MMM thing. Mm. So people 
you invest you invest your money and then I don't know how it operated out. I only heard about it when the thing almost blew. And I'm like, how did, how did you people you will get? <laughs> <laughs> how did you get out about this? I'm like, what? When did this see people? move? How did he? <laughs> <laughs> like brainwashing or something. Yes. How did he, how did he even get here? So, but then I was like, so when, when they were, I think the person that was telling me also wanted, you know, and I'm like, so I, so I said, so what is the product? Like, if I drop this 100K now, am I going to get a product? Is something? Am I going to get a certificate? Am I going to get something? So there's no yeah. tangible product behind it. Behind it. Mm. So, Doesn't to hold on to. Yes. So it might not be tangible in terms of physical. It yeah. could be tangible in terms of digital. Like digital. So, in t- so for example... Investing in stocks or investing in shares of companies, nobody's going to say, okay, this is, this is, they will cut, nobody's going to cut the company into pieces and then this is, and they will give you, okay, this is your own part of the company. No, maybe they will send you some share certificate and that's all you have for that company. Mm. But then they, but then you know that there's an underlying asset behind your investment because if I put money, if you start, if you have a startup now, you have, you have a startup, you have a company, and I say, okay, based on equity, I invest some money into the company. I know that I have 10% of that company. So there's an underlying value. So by the time you're doing your um, financial report on a yearly basis and you're getting profit, 10% of that posi- uh, profit after tax is mine. So that's an underlying value. What I'm investing is your company. I'm not, un- I'm not investing in some kind of lofty ideas of oh okay yeah you bring money and then you go and look for 10 more people and then those ones will pay you and then those ones will now go and find that 10 more people and then they'll pay no there's not there's no underlying assets behind it there's no underlying yeah. product behind it yes yes but the, mm-hmm. in the case of a share or a stock right um getting something back from the company so it's either I'm getting some dividend back when they make their profit after tax and there's money left, they'll pay me some money. Or after some years, the shares would have increased in price and I'm able to sell and then I get some money back. Yeah, yeah. So there's an, I'm investing in that. So I don't know if you understand. You understand. This is a very, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but this is a very, it's a very basic it's really basic in investment. You don't invest in something that doesn't have an underlying asset or an underlying value. Don't do it. And don't let anyone emotionally blackmail you into putting money where, you, where, where your heart is not. Don't do it. Don't let any family member, friend, church member, anybody, don't let them do it to you. The key, the key word you have to, um, for me is research, research, research. Make your findings. Don't be blackmailed emotionally or physically. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't invest based on emotions. Don't let anybody emotionally blackmail you into, into. Okay. Don't don't do based on social acceptance. Oh, my friends are doing it. I also want to do it. Don't do that. I, I've I've learned I've learned a whole lot from you this evening already. I've learned a whole lot from you at this moment already. Um, can you give me like some more practical tips on financial growth? Are there other things that you've not made mention of or I've not asked from you that could be very, very important or vital for my financial growth? 
you have to for for you to be able to grow financially you you have to be strategic about it you cannot wing it you cannot just say okay i'll just manage it anywhere i land is where i land you can you just land you just find yourself landing in the ocean one day or in the desert <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that would be bad. Yeah, so you cannot, you know. That'd be very bad. Exactly. Yeah. So, you, so you have to like really, you have to sit down and actually think about, and that's why it was good you asked that question about roadmap. You have to think about yeah. where you want to go to. What 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 do you want? What do you want your life to be like? Like what what do you want out of life? Hmm. You understand? So I'm not saying that you build. Houses everywhere, and then you lose you lose count on the number of houses you have or something. No, I'm not saying that. You know, you can imagine just be like you have just one one house, but maybe your investment is in so many other things, and then they bring returns for you, and you're able to like use the returns to do what you want to do. You know, yes. so that's one thing. And then another way, another thing is that. It's not about you just growing. It's also about you giving. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? So you have to sow. You have to... You have to... It's not about just accumulating wealth Mm. to yourself. I mean, you're not going to... When you die, you're not going to go to the grave with the the money. It's not not going to be here at the end of the day. So you also want to think about how to give back. Even in that little space that that you are... You want to look at how to give back. And that would help you in terms of financial growth. Because the more you do, the more you see ways to give back. And the more you actually give back. It's a lot of abundance. More comes to you. Hmm. Yes. It's a natural law of abundance. You would get more. Now, I'm not saying you should give give out to this point of you becoming poor. But nobody even gives out. Um, like, you don't give out to until you are poor. I would... I don't know if that's true, but like you give out with sense, right? But yes. there's 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 a lot of fruit in, in reward in giving in giving out. So that's the second thing, and the third thing is that, like I mentioned before, is that you have to be strategic. You have to sit down and count your count your costs, costs and losses. Like count where are you assess yourself. How are you spending? Think about it. Think about where you are. Because you can have all the lofty ideas of where you want to be, but if you're not really truthful about yourself and where you are right now, it might be it will be difficult for you to actually walk your way into that that goal you want to have. The roadmap will just be there. The roadmap will be staring at you in your face. You will be staring at it in the face, and then you grow old, and then you trail with the roadmap because the roadmap will never, <laughs> never come. <to> you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes, and that would be yes. exactly, that would be really sad. So you want to want to look at that, and then another another tip I would say is that you have to look at budgeting. You have to budget. Budgeting is really important. And if you think okay, paper and pen doesn't do it for you anymore these days, there are a lot of financial apps right out there that you can use. You just have to make your research. You for a start, you can get something that's um, that doesn't cost much, you know, mm-hmm. that doesn't cost much, that's maybe even free. For example, why why NAB for a start it's free and then I think at some point you start paying. But you know, you can track your finances 
on your on your on your mobile phone on your smartphone and see where your where 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 what, what's what's uh, if you are staying with a budget or if you're out of your budget hmm. right and then you also have to another tip would be that you have to you should have an accountability partner and that accountability partner could be anyone so could would be someone that you can actually talk to so it could be your financial advisor but maybe not a financial advisor in that sense because a financial advisor would would me i'm not a financial advisor right i'm just a, a i'm not i'm just someone that likes talking about um personal finance yeah personal mm-hmm. because like i said i believe that a lot of people need to hear what i have to say or the yeah. things i know and i hope that this particular podcast is going to bless people and help them to actually reorient themselves in terms of how they their relationship with their money so i'm not a certified financial advisor however back to the so maybe a financial advisor might would, would you you have to pay the financial advisor for helping you to like structure your investment portfolio and all of this and advising you okay you should do this this time you should not do this this time and you know right yes however and an account so your financial advisor can be your accountability partner however you can also have somebody someone else that is not necessarily a financial advisor maybe somebody of a like mind somebody who is even more exposed than you are in terms of yeah. th- things like this and then you can sound ideas with the person you know the person can bounce ideas with you uh and then the person take you all you responsible responsible if you are fulfilling what you said you set out to do or not yeah she understands so it the person helps you in your journey of that financial independence or financial freedom whatever you want to call it or financial stability so you have someone who you are talking to who you are who is guiding you who is mentoring you or coaching you or i don't know making you responsible making you take responsibility for what you say you want to do and helping you to achieve yes. your goal and Always i said giving advice or something yes yeah, so advice, yeah. yeah so it, the, the, the person might not really be an expert in finances the person might just be mm. a friend of yours but you know that the person is serious about life and the person wants your good right mm. so you can say the person can be your you are contactable but okay you can say the person okay, you know what i am thinking of um uh, making a down payment for my house in the next two years and i don't know i have ideas already how i want to go about it and these are the things i want to do what what do you think what would you advise and then you and the person can bounce ideas like i said this person may not necessarily be a financial advisor but then the person might have just some more exposure know some certain things more than you do and then you get insights from this person and then you have you you after discussing with the person you have a you have action plans on what you're supposed to do and then this person owes you so whenever you're having the talk again about this particular topic about the you buying a house mm. right you're able to tell the person okay this is my progress this is what i've saved this is what i've not saved yeah and the shame of not of going into that meeting and not messing up we want to make sure that you do it you do what you said you were going to do before you go into the next meeting with that person so it should also be someone that you would yeah. you respect. assignments mm-hmm. yes 
So to be someone that you would also respect, you know? Okay. So I that that's that about accountability partner. And make sure that the person that is your accountability partner, like you, like I said, is um someone that is respectable to you, like someone someone that you want to someone that holds you to a high standard and you hold the person to a high standard and the person is able to like, you know, um call you call you out on your actions if you're not sticking to what you plan to do. And the other thing you and another tip for financial growth would be that you you have a financial architecture or a, a roadmap. I, I don't know if I'd mentioned that before. And also you could also have you could also journal about your money. Like write things down. So maybe before you go to bed write things mm. down about the the good thing you did today about your finances. It, or the bad decision you made about your finances or what you're going to go through for about money you know so mm-hmm. and then write down okay maybe what you plan what you plan to invest in what you plan to to how what you plan to save things money things that are coming to your mind you know yes you know so put all of those things down and then, because then money, um, money journaling helps you to like have a kind of, how say a kind of relationship with money. <laughs> so you are like, yes. you know, having discussion on paper, paper and pen with, with with it, and saying, okay, um, today this was a very good decision that I was not, I I overcame the urge or the temptation to buy this thing, although I I was almost buying it but i thought about what rebecca said and i was able to control myself i did well and maybe you can gift yourself an ice cream a small ice cone (laughs) for winning that battle and yes (laughs) so you should do that as well that's that's a good tip Mm. yeah those are the things i i would suggest you do i've learned so much for me already and with this i can you know um, improve my financial growth or I can, you know, work on my financial stability. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're thank welcome. You so much for your time. Yeah, we're welcome. There are so many things we could actually talk about in terms of finances. Um, mm. But I think we could talk about it some other time. For example, today I didn't mention anything yes. about um, about the different ways you can actually pay off your debt. I didn't mention anything about insurances. People think, oh, insurance is just to just a waste of money. I don't need it. Um, they're just collecting my premiums. Mm. But you know, when things happen, when shit happens, permit me <laughs> to use that, that, yeah, use that word. When things yes. happen, when when it goes down, sometimes mm. insurances can be of good help for you. It can actually help you to cover some things, you know. And so, for example, apart from insurances for material things, you could also there's we could also talk about life insurance. There's so many things. Or term insurance. There's so many things we could talk about, third-party insurance and all of that, all of those things that we could talk about. For example, in Germany, we you are supposed to have like a third-party insurance in case so that when you break somebody else's things, you don't have to like cough out that money from yeah. where it doesn't exist. But that third-party insurance helps you to like take care of it, kind of, you know. So insurance, we didn't talk about. We didn't talk about taxes today. There's so many things, like I said, that we could. Be. We, we could have talked about, but uh, we just have to deal with the time that we have and then 
hopefully if um if we have some other time i would be more than happy to come back again and talk more on specific topics yes that, that would be great and b- before the next time that you come back to educate me or ed- educate us on most of um where can we find you um what are your platforms you, i know you have your youtube um tell us about your instagram also and um, other platforms that is preferable to you also connect with you mm-hmm. you can find me on ig just look for finance bookie on instagram uh, but i have a youtube channel where i talk about things like this personal finance topics and career and i'll be more than happy if you can check out my youtube videos and if you have any questions that you would want me to talk about right um you can drop it in the in the comment sections of all my videos i check it regularly like every day once somebody drops a comment i receive it and then i can pick it up and then reply back or i can actually make it a, a video out of it or a topic out of it for for whoever wants to have it so and i mean it's free to subscribe uh, on the channel and also click on the notification button but also, if you want to learn more about it, how to go about your money, how to grow financially, how to achieve or attain financial stability, and you don't want to grow old and be thinking, oh, um, my children are my investment kind of thing. You know you know mm. what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You grow old, but you're able to also take care of yourself. In fact, you'll be a blessing to your own children and maybe to your grandchildren. So those are the kind of things i i want to do i do on my channel and um yeah you can find me there in those two places and also of course you can connect with me on facebook just type okola obikunle my surname is not so popular so there are a few obikunles out there just type for okola obikunle the finest girl amongst them is the person <laughs> you would meet of, of, of course <laughs> but thank you so much i mean i'm going to make sure that i put all of this your your contact information in the show notes mm. of the podcast and mm-hmm. um, anyone everyone would um it would be so great if you could connect with her on any platform of your preference and get to learn more from her or ask her more questions that we're not able to cover during this section yeah thank you so much Rebecca. thank you thank you so much toby and um once again, I'm Buki Rebecca Obikule, and I'm really happy that you invited me. I'm really happy that I'm able to speak to your audience, and I hope everyone today had actually can actually take one or two things away from this talk show. Yes, I mean, I've, I've been able to take a lot from it, and I wish you, I wish you all, all the best. Thanks a lot, Toby. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I am eternally grateful for your time, your love, and contributions. You mean a lot to me. Thank you once again for listening and sharing with your loved ones. Don't forget to subscribe and follow this journey on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other platforms in the description. Stay blessed.